Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special end-of-season podcast with the live birds. We also have um, a great new addition to our cast for this uh, special post-Champions League pod. Um, So... Listeners, I hope you'll give a very warm welcome to our new contributor Kim, um, who's joining us from the Netherlands. So you know we, you know we like to cover the globe as far as we can here. So um, welcome aboard, Kim. Um, would you like to just uh, give our listeners thirty seconds in terms of how you came to follow the mighty Reds? Yes, my name is Kim and I've actually been a Liverpool supporter since I was about eight or nine years old. And I don't know why or how, but the team in red, starting with the L, they just had to win. And that's how it all started for me. Um, my first game was in 1996. And ever since that, um, they've become my biggest passion. Oh well, that's fantastic. Do you remember who was your who was your first game against them that you saw Liverpool play? It was against Arsenal, and it was two nil with two go- uh, goals from McManaman. Oh, fantastic! Well, that that clearly left an impression on you. Uh, well, it did. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant to have you on, Kim. So, a very warm welcome. And we have our regular contributors, Amy, Kate, and Randy, with us as well. Welcome, ladies. How are you doing? Good. I'm back home in California as of a day and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was so great to, to see you, ladies. All of you, actually. We were yeah. all in the same place at the same time, so that was fantastic. And now we're all dispersed around the world again. Um, but great well, to to be on. And, and Kim, so excited to have you as a part of us now. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and how are you? How are you, Randy? You doing all right over there in Norway? Yes, finally able to relax because I'm showing my flat these days. So it's been a lot of stress and a lot of hard work. So I'm very relaxed right now. Of course, a bit hungover after yesterday as well because I had <laughs> to pop out to a pub and watch the game, didn't I? So yes. well, it's nice to just relax. <laughs> it is. It is. So, um, unsurprisingly, we're going to uh, kick off talking pretty much about the Champions League final. So, let's let's start off with the with the build up. Um, I think we all know that um, the ingenuity of Liverpool fans generally knows no bounds in terms <laughs> of getting to finals. Um, Brandy, let me let me start with you. Was there were any particular uh, stories or things that you saw that um, you know caught your attention or made you laugh in terms of 
journeys that people were taking or things that you saw on social media in the lead up to Paris? <laughs> of course, it was this one story about the rib, wasn't it? The boat that somebody actually managed to put themselves on, and, and like an open boat, you know, the little ribs. Yes. Uh, that that is something that I'm really used to. People do that in the Oslo fjord, for instance. You know, they go in the really speedy way, just around the fjord mm -hmm. to have a little look and have a feel for the nature. And the thing is. How about doing that to get to a game? That was absolutely ridiculous. It was so funny. <laughs> it really was. A apparently, it was from Jersey. I think oh, the, yeah. the took it from Jersey. I'm not quite sure where they went to. Did they go to St. Marlo or they went anyway? I don't know. I don't know exactly where they landed in in, in France. That's very um, funny, though. <laughs> it was. I did actually say to a friend of mine, I said, you know, you shouldn't let Pretty Patel see them. She'll start deporting them to Rwanda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> but by the way, can I just ask you, Gay, how did you uh, get to uh, the lovely uh, France? Because you're there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> from, from France as we speak. Um, so I'm in the very pretty town of Chantilly, uh, or Chantilly, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, so I'm giving you two versions. Um, um, we. Uh, <laughs> uh, just from Paris this afternoon, um, thought I'd get away from the madness for a couple of days before I went home. Uh, so I, I actually had quite a civilised and simple journey, so I took the Eurostar to Lille, on Thursday, I decided to make a little bit of a holiday of it. So I had a night in Lille. Then I took the uh, TGV straight into Paris on the Friday. Uh, so it was just about an hour. Um, met my friends uh, there. And then um, Friday, we were, we were out and about until about, well, some of us went home around about one in the morning. Um, some of the rest of the group stayed out. Um, and then, uh, yesterday, um, we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the game everything, but, but we ended up getting back about 5 a.m. this morning back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day is what I would oh, say. Oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my journey to France was actually very civilized. <laughs> What about you, um, Amy Kate? What what sort of caught your attention? Because we had people doing planes, trains, automobiles, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, that was one of them. That, and I think that was definitely the one that I noticed. That, you know, really was surprising. But um, for me, it was seeing people that I know just in the last few years now. You know, especially after COVID and you know, people getting to know people over the years as, as fans, <laughs> there were so many people that I actually personally knew that were there and seeing the videos and, and the, the banners and, um, the build up to it was just amazing, you know? Um, so it wasn't really anything in particular. It was just really just seeing everybody like yourself, you know, being there to, to soak up the atmosphere and enjoy whatever was going to happen, you know? Um, which is a whole other situation. And we'll yeah. get to that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Kim, did you have friends uh, coming over for the game? Did you know people who were going to be in Paris? I know. I think about half of the stadium and half of, <laughs> half of the fans and the people that were outside. So yeah, I was in I think ten different WhatsApp groups all about Paris from different oh countries. God. So I was involved with Austria, Flemish Reds. I uh, don't know about Italy. <laughs> so I was part of the big conversation as I was going to go to Paris myself as well and we're all going to meet up. But I had a lung infection two weeks ago and I'm still recovering from it. So, um, oh, we, we, yeah. yeah, it was last minute that we decided that, well, if we can go, but probably I'll be ill again for another two or three weeks. And it, it, it just didn't feel like it was worth it. So, but I kept, I, I kept uh, receiving pictures, videos, so everybody was keeping me up to date. So, yeah, I knew a lot of people that were in Paris yesterday. 
yeah, there was um, there was a point when we were out on the the Friday night, and we were at this uh, this wine bar. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was really nice. It was called it was called Le Baron Rouge, which we thought was very appropriate. <laughs> and uh, and we were there, and there were various people who like been getting into house, and we, they were saying, you know, where are we? We'll meet you. We'll meet you. Meet you. And slowly but surely. We'd kind of taken over the whole of the outside of this wine bar. About 35 of us from various different groups who had all met together. So it was it was brilliant in that respect. Like the the build up was was so much fun. Um, Sounds like lovely. You say, like yeah, you say, it really does. Seeing people that you hadn't seen for a long time, or actually meeting people the first time, a bit like you and I did, Amy Kate. Um, yeah. That, like, yeah. <laughs> like social media, so so that and was, Randy too. <laughs> yeah, and Randy too. Yeah, um, so that was that was really good. That was really yeah. good fun. So it really was. Um, Actually, so the, I met Kim for the first time. Her and I. What, it's been what three or four years now, but yeah. Kim and I finally got to meet in Liverpool and spent a lot of time together and and celebrating and doing things together while um, we were there for the match and for the OLSC dinner and everything. So um, it was very cool because I got to meet all of you guys uh, for the first yeah. time um, this trip over to the UK. So it's great. Yeah, it was. It was it was brilliant. Um, so there was there was a you know there was a cracking build up. Um, I saw the pictures from the uh, like the fan zone and the Jamie Webster event and it just looked like immense it looked ridiculous the amount of people there but people who were there told me that you know it was like a really good atmosphere um it was it was like stewarded and policed really well it was like relaxed they were joining in with stuff and it was all it was all going really well um and i certainly the the group i was with because there were um there were sort of four or five of us who didn't have tickets and about seven or eight who did. Um, and they sort of headed off to the stadium around about six, six thirty, which is, you know, two, two, two and a half, three hours before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, we said goodbye to them and, uh, we were sort of in quite a, re- a really nice chilled out area down by the canals. Um, so we were just sort of sat outside in the sun, um, just sort of chilling out, and we waved them off. Thought no more of it, to be honest. Um, and then we uh, we decided to go to um, the venue that um, one of the guys on Anfield Index had actually organised and pre-booked a space. Um, and I need to do, I do need to give a massive shout out on this pod actually to, uh, Steve from Panama, um, as we like to call him, um, who organized <sighs> the, the get together at the, and it is a great name of a pub. It's a thirsty mad cat is what he was called <laughs> <laughs> um, in Paris. And, uh, there's the, the barman in there, uh, the guy called, uh, Daniel Song. Um, and I need to do that Brazilian pronunciation behind the bar who really looked after us as well. And, and, and one of the girls whose name, unfortunately, I didn't get. And they were absolutely fantastic. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I used the pod to um, shout him out for arranging it because it was a it was a really good atmosphere down there. And we had a we had a really good time um, downstairs in the in the bar area that he reserved for us. Um, and he was he was a great host, and also it was the first time Steve and I had actually met in person. So, oh, wow. um, and he's a big fan of the Live Bird Pod, so that was that was a lovely thing as well. Um, so, having said that, so we were in a, we were in a bar, so we did genuinely didn't know what was too much of what was going on outside. And the first we knew about it was they were saying that the kickoff was delayed for a security issue and they were showing French TV coverage. So I, my French is not that good to be able to work out what they were saying. <coughs> um, so, um, Amy, Kate, what, what, 
what were you getting in terms of like coverage? What was becoming clear to you in terms of what what was happening in the lead up to the game, if anything? Well, to be fair, um, so I went and met with um, my supporters group, Carlsbad, and we were in a pub and everybody was just kind of meeting up and checking in. And of course, I was talking to all the people that were coming in and welcoming them. Welcome. I mean, no, I couldn't speak. Sorry. Um, so I didn't realize right away. And then, you know, I look at my watch because I'm trying to make sure, you know, everybody's in, everybody's welcome, everybody's seated. We, you know, we TVs are working and it hasn't happened yet. And so we kind of all kind of started talking. Wait, what's going on? And it just kept saying delayed. And they were basically saying that it was because of the fans and fans got in late. So they were, you know, they're already starting the excuses of, you know, to, to kind of depict what they wanted it to be like. Um, and it wasn't until actually, um, later, you know, because obviously the, the way the, the day went was not how we expected it to. So by the time I got home, um, early evening, I started seeing all the, the, the comments on social media and the WhatsApp groups that are people are going, Oh, this is horrible. This, you know, you know, just a lot of negativity. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Because we didn't see any of that. We were, you know, in the pub and, um, socializing. So it wasn't until after when we started looking at it and, and, um, talking to people and seeing the, the, the videos that we really realized what was happening and people getting tear gassed and, and, um, you know, people weren't allowed in and, you know, there was, um, the PSG ultras that were harassing the crowd and pickpocketing and like, it's just shocking. One of my really close friends was there and she's messaging me. She said, I've never been so scared in my life. Um, but I didn't see the messages because I turned off my notifications during the game. So I didn't see it till afterwards. And, you know, she had flown from San Diego home to Poland and then off to Paris. And she's, she's, been, she was at Kiev. She was in Madrid. She, I mean, she, she does this all the time. She was, I've never felt so unsafe and so scared in my life. She goes, she was, tear gassed in line she was in the metro when they were trying to leave and they had pepper sprayed people um i've seen so many horrible videos of you know people jumping over the fences and um trying to get away from um, the police and the harassment that they saw um i'm just i'm just shocked i i don't even you know i wasn't there so it's not fair to me judge but from what i saw i mean it was Nobody should feel unsafe at a football game. Nobody should feel unsafe, um, you know, enjoying something that's supposed to be the the biggest night of our lives. And the atmosphere just was horrible because of it. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. But the club is um, already put notice out that they're doing investigations. They want to hear from the fans. So if you've been there and you have video, the, the club wants to see it and they want to hear it because they want to know what happened to you guys and um they want to support you and they're they're saying that they're there to um do that so that's a positive thing that this is not going to be swept under the rug by liverpool football club anyway no and and that's that's really sort of important mm-hmm. part of it um kim you you sort of said you were obviously in like multiple different message groups mm-hmm. what was what was starting to come through to you then well, at first, the media, the Dutch media were um, um, quick to blame Liverpool fans for turning up late. But in those groups, I had people that were outside for two and a half hours waiting, not getting in. Um, I got messages from families with kids that have been tear gassed. Um, I got other messages that people never even made it into the stadium. They didn't even see any of it with 550 pound tickets. Um, so we heard a lot of stories from, uh, the, from your queue that didn't match up with what we heard on the media. Uh, but luckily, um, um, later on, they changed their opinions on, in, uh, uh, on the Dutch media. So they actually said it was the French police. It was the organization. It, the Liverpool fans weren't to blame which I'm really happy with, that they actually said that out loud on television because they had also seen different um, footages and uh, had seen the cues. And a lot of media were actually involved in the cues as well and have um, were eyewitnesses. They were, some of them were um, 
pepper spray themselves. So, um, uh, it's terrible stories from that side. And uh, I, I watched the game, but uh, mm. felt like it didn't feel like a Champions League final anymore because of everything that was going on and friends waiting outside, not getting into the stadium, yeah. five-year-old kids getting pepper sprayed, all of that. I, it, it's just, yeah. And the, the, the Dutch media have tried to contact me today mm. uh, but, but because we didn't have any news from Liverpool yet on what we could say or not. I, I said I, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, we have the official statement now, what we can say and what we can't say, so that, that's good. But... Um, yeah, no. I, it, it, I building up and the afternoon uh, was amazing, but the last few hours before the game were just horrendous. And but also from uh, people leaving the fan zone um, have told me uh, that they had to run for the police there as well. So and yeah, those, those I started stories, hearing a bit yeah. about that. Don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it was all about, but. Um... They said about six o'clock or something. They uh, well, I, I've seen one one person on one of our groups who sort of said about six o'clock they started. Um, like I don't know, I don't know if they charged it, if they were using pepper spray or they started uh, anyway something in the fan mm. zone, which which yeah. seems yeah. completely again unnecessary on the basis yeah. of being a great atmosphere all day. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I had friends there who said the same. They were just leaving the fan zone and they were attacked by police and had to run because everybody was just getting pepper sprayed out of nowhere. Yeah. Just... So, so I hope a lot of people will send in their videos, their uh, pictures, their it, stories, because the truth about this has to come out. It does. Um, Absolutely. I mean, Randy, what what were the Norwegian media? I mean, could you could you tell what they was? Uh, was it were they was it commentary coming across in the pub or were well, you getting uh, any messages? I mean, first of all, because you're in a very noisy pub, it's yeah. first of all difficult to hear. But but to start with, they all sort of got the same message as in you know all around the world that it's because of the fans. <laughs> arriving late, we have to delay the match. And we were like, what? Okay. Uh, and then it keeps going and then it keeps starting. And then, of course, I'm on my phone. So I start getting messages of people going, you know, I've been out for like three hours. I, I'm not let in. This is a shamble. And then after a while, of course, the journalists in the studios get the same messages. So they actually changed quite quickly uh, a sort of running message that went through the screen when the match started as well to to uh, say that, well, there's something else going on. So we're going to keep you updated because I think so many people were so, so shocked. And of course, if it was actually because somebody had behaved in a bad way, uh, we do understand that police goes mad. You know, if it was like the English fan or the Chelsea fans that sometimes go uh, rampant, you know, like madmen, uh, you do understand the police uh, doing something. But we knew and everyone knew. And also, as you say, Kim, because the press was there and the press was experiencing this and they were sending these uh, messages out. Mm -hmm. People listen in a complete different way. So I think this time... Hopefully everything is going to be very soon, you know, dim, uh, what's it called? When you, um, you, uh, the truth. It's the truth yeah. can be exposed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's going to come to the surface so, um, straight away, I think, and which is so, so good. And I think it actually helped that, and I'm, I'm really sorry to say this, but, it helped that the press experienced it as well, because now we got them talking, you know, and you can't say that never happened. So, oh, it's interesting. I, I just felt that the match was when we were in it. Of course, you you are in the match, but I think like halfway through second half, uh, we all started to think, like you said, Amy, it's like this is not really a Champions League final anymore. It, it's just bit sad and and especially after all that lovely build-up all the pictures and the videos from the fan zone and you know uh, it was so nice and it could have been 
such a lovely day for everyone. No matter if we won or not, you know, that doesn't matter. But this is yeah. just so, so sad. It is. It's, it's really it's, sad. It kind of, it, you know, it ruined it for, for so many people. And I, I mean, I personally have been, you know, told from, uh, from the people who, who went. So, you know, again, to, to your point, um, Kim, there are people saying like they, one of my friends, Andy, I think this is like his, I don't know, sixth, seventh European Cup final. He says it's the worst experience he's ever had going, going to a European final. My, my friend, um, my friend Bob, he got, uh, like, uh, pepper sprayed or, or, or gassed like three times during the, the period of attempting to get into the stadium. And he'd, he'd left before because he was meeting uh he was meeting somebody who had his ticket um so he'd left before six where we were um and so he was he was at the stadium by seven um which was two hours before kickoff um other other you know people's experience of um uh, being being funneled and these these like young local french kids and young guys attempting to get in um and basically trying to like run through the crowd trying to push from the back which was you know you had people stuck at gates that they wouldn't open it could have been an utter disaster mm. it was bad enough the way it turned out but it also could have been so much worse and i do hold uefa and the french authorities wholly responsible for this um i've also yeah. seen a statement from um, Merseyside police saying yep. it's the most it's the most badly organized experience they've ever had at mm. a European um, away final and they said that the UEFA the French police and that sort of ignored all of the advice that they gave mm. them and all of the experience they had in terms of the access and egress um, from the stadium. And, and the fact is, this, you know, I know that UEFA are already in, in a massive arse covering exercise because that's yeah. what to do. Yeah. But there is so much evidence. There are so many videos out there. There mm, are so yeah. many personal stories. And again, whilst I wouldn't wish it on any of them, the fact is that the players, families and friends. Yeah, they experience it. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's, that's also very powerful mm. in terms of, you know, UEFA cannot turn a blind eye to this. Mm. And one of the journalists, um, it might have been Henry Winter, I think, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but he said, like, he turned up at the stadium about three and a half hours beforehand, yeah. expecting it to be really quiet and there to be, you know, like a, a few people around, milling about, you know, wanting to kind of, you know, wander around the stadium, whatever. He said, and it was heaving. He said, and mm. it, that was the first, you know, that was the first inkling he had. He sort of said there were thousands of people there and they weren't in the stadium. And it was, it was like three hours before the game. And that was, that was when it started becoming clear there wasn't, you know, there was just a, you know, this, this whole system they got set up was, was just not going to work. And they did the opposite of what you're supposed to do. They parked these two cars so that people had to sit and narrow into like two people in, uh, uh, I mean, one person or two people getting through. And what they should have done, of course, is the having the big gap open space. But, and they were supposed to check all the tickets. They didn't. So it's today I've seen lots of films, lots of videos about people that run through the turnstiles without any tickets and were like, welcomed by the people that were supposed to check your ticket whilst Liverpool fans were still standing there going, what's happening? It's absolutely mad. Yeah, I, I know people who whose tickets never got scanned. I also know people yeah. who were so like upset by what was going out that they, they walked away. Yeah. Oh, they wow, just went, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to put, you know, they, they paid like £500 for a ticket and never, never went in the stadium because, because of the chaos 
and the the upset and the, the the sort of perceived danger they felt outside, and then to kind of add insult to injury, there were you know there were there were like gangs waiting afterwards. We haven't yeah. the game yet. Gangs waiting afterwards, like picking off, um, like groups of fans. There was muggings. There was all sorts going on afterwards. Not not a police, not a policeman in sight. There was. Um, mm. My one one of my other friends said there were there were like literally no stewards that they saw in the ground at all. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was an absolute farce, to be and honest. And afterwards, they all the all the police car came after the match to stand in the Liverpool end, but not in the Madrid end. What is that? Yeah. Why is that? It's 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 a different form of profiling, isn't it? Yeah, so this is not this is not a very good advert for or you know commercial for football or UEFA at all. I don't want to. You know, you don't want to go, do you? You don't no. feel like being there to support your players when this is going to happen. So actually, what I'm hoping for now is that next time, no fans are going to show up because we don't want to be a part of that game. You know, that is not the game we're signing up for. We were, we were saying, weren't we, before, and I've, I've sort of talked to other people about this, one of the most powerful things that could be done was if the the clubs took their allocation and refused to sell the tickets, right, and just yeah. said, we're, you know, you're going to have an empty grab, well, you know, bearing in mind that, you know, you to take over half of them anyway, but... Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to have a home end or an away end. We're just gonna we'll give you the money, but we're not selling the tickets because you know your 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 organisation cannot run the the flagship game. And the fact is, it's so unlikely to happen, and I don't know even what like UEFA regulations say about it. But that would be such a powerful statement to have both ends yeah. be if yeah. both would be willing to do it. Anyway. We we don't know, but but certainly, and I, I don't know kind of what messages you were all getting back. But I had friends of mine when they did eventually get into the stadium, just sort of said the game just felt incidental. Mm-hmm. It they've been so mm-hmm. traumatized by the thing. Actually, no. the the game became mm-hmm. meaningless. Yeah, of course they wanted oh, Liverpool. That's so sad. But, but it was just like it was it was just that the whole thing was spoiled for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't hear on, on the television what I expected as far as atmosphere. It, it, it just, like, Liverpool fans sing. I didn't really hear that. You know, I mean, it was, and I felt like when we were all watching, um, I don't know which one of you guys th- said that it was, it didn't feel like a, a, a normal, proper Champions League, and it didn't. I mean, nobody really wanted to, it just, everything just felt off. Like, the whole thing just fell off. And we weren't even aware of what was happening. You know, we kind of when when we found out that it was a delay because of fans, um, you know, we realized it was a delay and, and everything. We, and then we started kind of, I started kind of seeing a little bit of the, of the text messages because I really wasn't paying too much attention to it. It just, you could just kind of see people were just like, what's going on? This is, something's not right. And you, it just, it, the tension was there, you know, and I can't even imagine what it must've been like physically there, but you know, you know, after seeing, I, I saw um, a tweet from Jason McAteer. Apparently, um, his son was attacked, um, and his wife was mugged. And um, some of the players' wives and 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 family members didn't get in, or I don't know if they actually ever got in, but they weren't let in. So it was it was happening to everyone, and. Like you said, you know, it, it's kind of a, not that you wish this on anybody, but the fact that it wasn't just fans, it's, 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 um, journalists that can write about it, that can say, I was there and players, families that had the rights for the tickets were getting turned away saying they weren't real tickets. So there was all these ticket scams and, and, um, you know, so, I mean, I can't even say anything positive about how this was run by the French people or the French, um, government and police and everything you know it was just and it's sad because we're supposed to be talking about how great this season is and and all this positivity and i feel like it's just so overshadowed with the the negativity that's happening to so many people and and it's it's heartbreaking 
it really is. It was a, it was a sort of terrible, you know, terrible end to to what has been a a brilliant season. So, um, let's let's just take a, a few minutes, even though we sort of said it kind of became a bit of a, an incidental thing to to focus on the game itself. Um, so, Kim, let, let's start with you. What what did you think, particularly of our first half performance? In the final. I thought we were a brilliant first half actually. I thought we played the game really well. Um, we started, uh, yeah, um, we were the better team the first half, that was for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just the last few minutes of the first half were agonizing. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they were scared, uh, but Courtois had a brilliant game. Um, and it felt frustrating that he kept uh, some of our best chances out because we did have the chances. But I think we were really good first half, actually. So um, so I agree with you, Kim. I thought we were definitely the better side in the first half. Was there anybody who particularly stood out for you um, on our side in terms of, a, a you know, the a player you thought was really, um, you know, showing themselves in the first half for us? Well, uh, as we've seen uh, at almost every game lately, Luis Diaz is <laughs> one of the players that is a, he's causing trouble to any d- defenders, and he was doing this exactly the same the first half last night. But I also think we ruled that midfield. Our midfielders, the first half, were just brilliant. Um, Madrid hardly ever crossed the midline to to start off with. So I think the pressure from midfield um, mm. to, to get us in position was incredible uh, the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think that was that those were the key players in the first half. Yeah, I, um, I think I, I would probably have to um, agree with you on that. I thought Diaz was... Um, was spectacular. I suppose my the only question I had, and I and I don't know what you you think of this, Randy. Um, you kind of felt like you couldn't really drop Diaz, but there was a part of me wondering about whether we should have started Bobby on the basis that you know Mane and Salah, uh, they it gives a slightly different dynamic, and maybe would have brought Diaz on in the second half to kind of you know try and run them ragged. But um, you know, in in Klopp we trust. But it was just it was just a thought I had. I don't know what you thought, Randy. I had exactly the same thought as you. Oh. I was wanting for Bobby to start because we know all that he does that is mm-hmm. more than the um, the offensive goal threatened uh, action and dribbling like Diaz does so well. By the way, but. I was really wishing for Bobby to start and then you could bring in Diaz to make mayhem, you know, when they were a bit tired. Because let's face it, they're quite old, some of these guys on the other team. But Mm. did you notice that what they did? They paired up two people on Diaz every time he got the ball. So that means he was double-checked every time. And he couldn't really move as freely as he does. And that is very interesting because normally that has happened on the other side. Normally there has been two guys on Salah all the time. But this time Salah was a bit freer. And I thought maybe the doubling up on Diaz would make Mane uh, more, uh, you know, give him more space as well. But by some strange reason, we had the biggest chances and the, the best, I mean, it, it felt like they let us have the ball. So they let us play and we felt that, wow, we can do this. We, we really got control of this game. But of course, you know that it's one magic uh, action in the other end and they scored. Uh, the first one was ruled off, of course, but that was like two centimeters. So we were happy, lucky with that one. Mm-hmm. And the other one, of course, it happens. They've let us play and let us believe that we got this. And we haven't. And I'm so sad that we didn't put away one of the chances that Mane had, Salah had, Diaz had, because we had them, as you said. But we couldn't. But, I mean, Amy, Kate, let me use a boxing term here. So do we think we we fell for the Real Madrid rope-a-dope then? (laughs) I like that. I mean, 
I mean, I guess in a way, yeah. I, I feel like, um, first of all, credit to their keeper because they really weren't, you know, they weren't really, how do I put this? I, I did, I felt like, you know, we had all the chances and Salah was going for it and, and, and you could see we were trying to get there, but, but some of the saves that he had that I don't know mm. if another keeper would have been able to save. Allison, of course. No, I'm being biased, but you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. he, he had a great game and, and we had, you know, quite a few opportunities that just didn't pan out. And if those opportunities would have, um, and we would have scored, it would have been a different game. Um, mm. I didn't feel that, and maybe I'm wrong and it's just perspective because like there's, you know, you, you're, you're looking at things. I didn't feel like Mane was as present. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with all the rumors that are flying around right now. I don't know. And I don't want to speculate because that's not fair, but, um, you know, I, I really saw Salah going for it. Um, but it just, we just but he had the best chance though. Yeah, Amy. that's true. He no, had that fair. one yeah. that he saved and went into the post, and that was like oh, no, that's any true. other keeper that would have been in. <laughs> yeah, it, it bounced off. I was like, I forgot about that. You're right, but um, yeah, okay, I I I, I corrected. <laughs> but no, I, I, I I was just gonna say we we all jumped up in the pub. We we were actually convert, convinced that that ball was going in, mm-hmm. and it was only replay yeah, me that too. saw the Courtois save. <laughs> And then pushing oh. it onto the post, and then it rebounded yeah. back to the goalie. Yeah, that is right. God, I forgot that. It's just everything was such a whirlwind yesterday that. Yeah. Until yeah. you said that, I'm like, oh, of course. But I just like, <laughs> I felt, I don't know, I just, I, yeah. I was just really gutted because I really wanted us to win, and I really thought we were going to. I really didn't think it, that it, it was going to turn out the way it did. But you know what? Fair play to Real Madrid. You can't take anything away from them. Mm. No, the the bit that I'm I'm gutted about. Uh, well, obviously, you know, nobody we didn't want us to lose and and right. all of that. But it it feels it feels stupid to say like it feels like scant reward for the season we've had mm. to only have two trophies. It feels like I'm I'm sounding very greedy, but <laughs> it. it it feels like we deserved more for the effort that we put in, but you know, football isn't fair and mm. we played very hard, but we weren't clinical enough. And yeah. Real Madrid were, and they had one shot on target and they scored one goal. Yeah, that, and that's all that they needed. That's trip. all that needed to happen. Yeah. And 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 you know, um it's just sometimes that's how how football is but you know put it in I, i'm an optimist i'm you know glass half full so we had we four opportunities to to win trophies and we came we, we won two of them we became runners up you know in the other two and okay yeah. i know nobody recognizes when you've gotten second but still credit is due to the to what they've done and and I don't want to be negative about oh we should have we should have we should have they were phenomenal it just didn't work out and and I'm so proud of of this team and I can't wait to see what they do next year because I know that we you know we have it in us we've got you know one of the best teams if not the best team it, it, out there so you know I just want to kind of congratulate mm-hmm. them even though it didn't go the way that we all wanted it to. We all wanted the quadruple, of course. But, you know, I'm sad, but I'm also, you know, okay with it. I'm not, you know, devastated yeah. because we should still be proud of, of what this team has done. And they should be proud. And, and they shouldn't be um, – they should hold their head up high and be like, you know what? We did good enough. You know, we, we did yeah. – it, 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 they have nothing to be sad about or, or you know, they should just be proud. And, and – we need to acknowledge that too as, as fans instead of going, oh, we lost. Yeah, okay, we lost, but look what they've accomplished. Look at the positives. And I, and I do, I do think this is a phenomenal team that, that, and I know it's not just Jurgen Klopp, but that Klopp and his staff and, and mm-hmm. have built, it is an absolutely phenomenal team 
and we are privileged to to watch them play uh yeah, for yeah. The football club um so you know we we came we saw we didn't conquer we've come home um, <laughs> Now I don't know if it's still going on, but obviously we we've we've had the parade today. Now I've been travelling and one thing and another, so I genuinely have seen nothing. So let us it's try on and now. build. If you go let to us... LFC TV, it's still, okay. it's still on. It's still yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's lovely to <laughs> so, see, and the girls as well. So it's so nice. Yeah. So I do I do want to try and build up to a more positive end as well as as we go through the rest of this pod. So. Tell me some things that you have loved seeing it, in terms of what you've been watching on the parade thus far. Um, you know, tell somebody who hasn't seen any of it anyway. What 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 have you been really loving? Everybody's um, smiling. Just <laughs> <laughs> so the joy. Yeah. So so they came back from Paris with the disappointment, but they've just I don't know. They don't look like. And they were beaten yesterday. They're just enjoying themselves, and uh, there's so many fans out there who are cheering them on, uh, which is what they deserve. So I think it's a brilliant way to end the season for absolutely everybody, and it's amazing to see that they are doing it this way. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it's, that's it's, nice. It's it's a beautiful thing to see how happy um, they're having a good time, um, and. You know, looking back when we won Champions League in 2019, I mean, it, it's they have that same vibe, um, you know, enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other really special thing is the women are on there and they're having the time of yeah. their lives and they're being recognized and and they're you know, and and they're all people are all out there to see them too, you know. So they've made it one team, the the women and the men together yeah. as one team, and that's what I really really love seeing is that this celebration right. is for both teams that have accomplished so much this season. So, you yeah. know, that's really great to see. And it's so nice to see that right now I'm looking at, is, is her name Sam Kerr or something? The blonde one. No, not so, Missy, Missy Bo Kearns? Or? Missy Bo Kearns. Yeah, 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 that's the one. And right it's, now they're zooming in on her and she's having a beer and she's dancing and really being really, really happy. And yesterday I saw this, or this morning I saw this photo of her in the in the front of the uh, boss night in uh, Paris. Hmm. The boss, you know, the the fan park. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was there, like going really mad about uh, sharing on the boys. And now she's on the bus. Uh, I think it's just next to the boys or whatever, because they're throwing things to each other. And you know, it's so <laughs> nice. It's just so so cool. And this is like in a clock way just what he is isn't it because like when they lost the first champions league final mm-hmm. uh, everyone was sort of assuming okay let's all go to our rooms and cry now and what he did of course was having a party he was assembling them all talked to them <laughs> and said have a good time because let's see what you have accomplished you know and let's look forward to next time because we're going to make it aren't we so he brings this energy mm-hmm. so having a parade now is just like exactly his way of thinking about it let's celebrate our season it's been so many good things not just you know look at that one loss or whatever so it's so good to see so now they can separate they can go uh, you know to each other's teams or go away to their homeland or whatever and have this feeling with them and i'm sure that is going to bring so much energy into meeting up again and going for it again because of course they have to do (laughs) so it's so nice to see I think that one of the things I was saying last night was I think I believe that the the hurt and the disappointment they felt from last night will fuel them into next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I I genuinely do believe that um, you know after 2018 in Kiev we came back in 2019 and we won it. Mm-hmm. Right. After 2022 coming so close to the Premier League title and the Champions League I do believe they will go balls to the wall next season um, to to win it and look Jürgen's already told us hasn't he 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Did. I think that's po- possibly one of the best <laughs> things he could have said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. That song oh, is so good. Final. It's just like, yeah, where is it next season, Istanbul? Mm, book your hotels. Yeah. Now that, <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> that is confidence and that is putting belief back in the squad if if they had lost any of it um about what what they can achieve together so i think i think that will be amazing um if they do get there i already know i can't go (laughs) because (laughs) one of my very good friends has chosen that date to get married next year um, oh, can I just say they're not what a very a good friend date? if that date? No. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> she, she, she said to me, I'm thinking of this date or that date. Have you got anything in the diary? And I look, and genuinely, I I obviously <laughs> had forgotten about like a Winter World Cup and what I'm thinking. Yeah. It occurred to me a Champions League final will be on the 10th of June. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. So it yeah. is actually that late. Yeah. Yeah. The league finishes wow. on May 28th next year. Super Sunday is May 28th. Really? So I just went. Yeah. No. I'm sure. I'm sure. It'd be. And then I thought, well, she's looking at two days, so she'll probably pick the later one because the weather's likely to be. No. No. She's gone. Yeah. Of June, and I can't. I can't step away now. So yeah. I said to her because she. Because she then like realised, and she came back. She went, "Oh my God!" And you and I went, "Do you know what? I committed to you. I said oh, to you, that's nice. No. <laughs> no. But ju- just you know, if we're in the final, you may miss me for an hour or so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might be somewhat not present in your head, at least. <laughs> but anyway, so so. But you know what? If that's the price I have to pay. That we get back to Istanbul and we win number seven. I'll yeah. I'll take that. So <laughs> yeah. I mean I feel incredibly privileged. You know this is you know we haven't won all of them, but this is my fifth European Cup final I've travelled to. Wow! And I've wow. been I've, stadium. I've been in the stadium for three of them, and I've been outside the stadium for two of them. So mm. I can't I can't really complain to be honest. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's so that's brilliant. I I don't want to I don't want to finish on a negative note, right? Because we have had a season of all seasons, frankly. Um, you know, we we've all sort of we've caught that. You know, there's allegedly comments by Manet. There's allegedly stuff go. You know, he may or may not be wanting to go to Real uh, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Oh. <laughs> um, Please not Real Madrid. I know, right? <laughs> um, and and I don't know, and I don't know any facts, so I so I don't really want to speculate. Um, I think we all know that over the next two seasons, this squad will have to evolve again. If you look at the overall age of mm-hmm. the front, you know, classic front three of you know Saleh, Mane, Firmino. Um, so we all assume, well. I think most of us assumed that one of those three would go in the next two years. I don't mm. know that we, any of us necessarily thought it might be Mane. I think a lot of people thought potentially it was Salah that might go. Um, but anyway, we, we will see, we will see what we will see. But I have to say, you know, in Luis Diaz, um, coming through, we've signed Cavallio. We've got other things. I think the future is really bright. Um, you know, you, you never sort of replace players of the ilk of Mane or Salah overnight, but I, I believe in the process that, that Liverpool Football Club does in terms of his recruitment. And I have to, I have to work on that premise that if Mane goes or if whoever goes, we will, we'll either evolve the playing style for the players that we brought in. Or Klopp will do what he did with Salah and Mane and Firmino mm-hmm. and have that talent and take them from really good players to world class players. Hmm. Um, I so that's that. <laughs> little. That's my little bit on on. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Mane, but but I trust. I trust our manager. 
and I trust his his staff. But hasn't got us, hasn't been so bad so far, has it? No. <laughs> no. And I, I'm with you on that. I I, I haven't um, always trusted the manager, but I definitely trust Klopp and and you know what he's accomplished and what he's done and what he does with his staff and and what he gets out of these players. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say, and I know that whatever he's doing is for the right reason. So I have faith in our in our boys. Yeah. So we are coming to the end of this end of season pod and what a season it's been. So I'm going to do a run round now in terms of any other business. So um, Amy Kate, since you were just on, let's start with you. You got any other business for us? Yes. Next season, we are planning for us to get together back in Liverpool. And I suggest the second to last game again so that we could do the um, the big dinner and just you okay. know, here, but let's try and um, get us all together in, in, in Liverpool and, and actually get to spend more time together and, and um, maybe even do a pod together in Liverpool. That would be cool. So the, the, um, the fixture list will be out in June, won't it? Yes. Mid June ish. Mm-hmm. So, so on the back of that, even though we know that, you know, things will get moved for TV and one thing and another, um, we, we should be able to work out the game and, um, and sort of start making some bookings around that. We can do stuff on like cancellation basis. So that right. sounds fun. Yeah. So something to look forward to and, um, you know, all of us together again. Yeah, sounds, sounds very good, good idea. Very <laughs> I'm already looking to the future. <laughs> uh, Kim, any other business for you? Anything you want to uh, highlight? Anything that's amused you? Anything you want to plug? Um, anything you want to get off your chest? No, I want to thank you that you brought me on because it was a great chat and uh, loved being on here with you girls, especially after meeting you in uh, in Liverpool. And, um, well, if you ever want me back, then just let me know. We, we will. We'll, we'd yes. be delighted to have you back. Yes. Um, so thank you. It's been, no, it's been great having it because it's always good to get new voices and different perspectives. So, so we, we look forward to you coming back onto future pods. So, um, so I think it's been a lovely debut by you. You should take, give yourself a round of applause. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Um, uh, Randy, what about you? Well, I just thought that was a brilliant idea. Uh, us meeting up uh, next year, and why not plan ahead? You know, it's always something nice to look forward to. And uh, I was wishing for a match in uh, Anfield uh, next year anyway, because I haven't been in a while, so I really want to go. But also, I could we then? Hopefully, I don't know what her schedules are, but meet up with Molly again and maybe her baby even. I mean, yeah. that would be so cool. So let's check out with her as well because uh, I miss her a bit, you know. Uh, not that we're a great team without her, but we need all additions. So I really look forward to that and I can't wait for next season, although maybe now it's going to be nice with a tiny little break. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think we all need a little bit yeah. of doubt. And now it has been intense. Absolutely, the last, absolutely the last couple of months. Our hearts need to recover. It has been absolutely. <laughs> yes, do and and our wallets, frankly. Oh, as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, so so that's that's definitely we definitely need a little bit of a summer break, the same as the players. Um, <laughs> but it will be it will be an interesting season because we will have a winter World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. So we will breaking in mid-November and then starting up again at Christmas. So that'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out next season as well. Mm -hmm. Um, My only other little bit of um, any other business uh, was that I did want to actually give a shout out to the um, Anfield Index crew because they did organise a couple of things um, whilst we were out in Paris, and I obviously mentioned Steve earlier, but they did have um, a get-together on the Friday night for a number of, like, the contributors and just general, you know, subscribers and 
and and all the rest of it and that and it was really lovely to meet some of the other people i hadn't seen gags probably for three years so i got to see him i got to see cam i got to meet a few other aj and various other people um so i what i would say is to the to the guys you know they 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 sort of started this yes we you know we've got our own podcast and stuff but you know a big shout out to the Anfield Index people I met met Simon Brundish met various other people there so it was it was lovely to be able to put faces to names so so more of that hopefully in the coming seasons as the world starts to get back to some sort of normality so Mm. so keep up the good work guys and girls um and with that um, we're going to draw a line under this season. It has been, it has been amazing. Um, Liverpool, you know, like I said, we got a 50% hit rate on our finals or the competitions we were in. Not mm. sure you, you, in normal circumstances, we would quibble with that. So, you know, let's celebrate what we did. Um, let's celebrate the fact that we, you know, we were just a point off winning the Premier League and we were a goal off potentially winning the Champions League. So, and next season we go again. So thank you, Amy, Kate. Thank you, Kim, for joining. Thank you, Randy, as always. Um, It's been a brilliant season and we look forward to more next year. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, Hopefully you're enjoying what we're doing and we will talk to you again very soon. Take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.